Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill 2022 might have just set the standard for professional wrestling pay-per-views in the year 2022. This pay-per-view from top to bottom was nothing but absolute insanity. Some of the best wrestling I have seen in a quite a long time. A fantastic debut of a group of people that I will get to later on. Just everything about this show, from you know the field to, to to the commentary desk, to the fans in the arena, to the matches that were portrayed in the ring, to the debuts and to the returns, everything was built to perfection, and it definitely set Impact Wrestling up into a very good position. You know, I I, I look at Impact Wrestling and I see a very well structured very consistent wrestling program but to a lot of other people they see impact wrestling as the laughing stock of the business and you know they they sometimes just refuse to watch the show and still think that it's you know 2010's Hulk Hogan era and it really sucks because impact wrestling is quite honestly probably better than your favorite promotion and i'm not taking I, i'm not just saying that it genuinely might be better than your favorite promotion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestleWarp Podcast. And we got a lot to talk about because we are going to be reviewing Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill 2022. Like I said, man, this this pay-per-view was, was absolute insanity from top to bottom. Nothing but you know fantastic matches i mean we've had we had nine matches on this show not including a tenth match that was aired before the uh before the program was sent out to the public but we had nine matches that were live on the show through youtube and the pay-per-view we're gonna get to those we're gonna talk about some massive debuts that took place as well uh tonight and we're gonna be talking a little bit about what's next where does Impact Wrestling go from here? So without any further ado, let's get into the card. First thing of the night, very first matchup of the night, was a unaired, I guess, test run to see how Tom Phillips... Oh, yeah. By the way, Tom Phillips is with Impact Wrestling. That is a fantastic grab. The guy is a, an amazing commentator. You can hear it throughout the entire night. He still has it. I have no idea why the WWE released him. But, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I, I believe that Tom and D'Lo on commentary is definitely going to be a great duo uh, for, for, you know, the future of Impact Wrestling. Anyways, back to the matchup. Uh, the first match, which was sort of a test run for D'Lo and Tom, was Savannah versus Havoc. Obviously, it wasn't a matchup that was aired to the large majority of people. Uh, it still happened. The match was alright. Nothing to, you know, go crazy about. It was a kickoff match. Uh, Havoc pick up, picked up the victory. Nothing really there to talk about. More of a match you would see on Explosion than, you know, anything. Uh, so, that out of the way. Let's get right into the actual kickoff show. We started the night with... Jake something who was originally supposed to be in the fatal four-way match on the kickoff show getting replaced by speedball Mike Bailey 
uh, he's going up against Madman Fulton. This match right here, I believe, set the tone for the rest of the pay-per-view. Not for the sense of it was like a five-star classic, but it had some really hard-hitting action. It might have been about five, six minutes long, but in those five, six minutes, they did so much that they could do with the time that they were given on a pre-show to really go out there and just beat the living hell out of each other. These guys, two of Impact's largest superstars when it comes to size, um, these these are what you call, you know, two just big behemoths going at it. And Madman Fulton is a fantastic person for that role. He is sort of like Ace Austin's heavy, which I think is a great pairing. Um, so, I mean, Jake something, he kind of has this aura about him where you don't really know what to do with him. He has so much potential to be like a really big player in Impact Wrestling, and I believe that Impact sees that in him, but they don't know how to necessarily book him because he's a really interesting person. He's, he's an interesting character to where I don't 100% buy into the fact that he will fit in with sort of the rest of the Impact, you know, roster on screen, you know, it, I don't know how to explain it. I think he did a great job when he was with Cody Deaner and they had the whole Deaner's tag team. I think he was very entertaining there. Now he's sort of a completely different person. And, you know, some people are going to disagree with me and say, you know, that he, he's world title ready, as some people would, would say. I think give him more of a gimmick. Give him some mic time. Give him something other than just, you know those those tights to wear give him like a better overall attire then you might have some money right there with with Jake something at first I thought that Madman Fulton was gonna get the win uh, but he didn't uh, Jake something got the victory nice short match really fun really entertaining good way to start the pay-per-view we lean over to the next match which is the Fatal four-way X Division matchup between Chris Bay, Laredo Kid, Ace Austin, and the debuting Speedball Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey, he was all over this match from bell to bell. The guy was just absolutely insane. Seeing him tonight for the first time in like a major audience, he has a lot of potential. I can definitely see him holding the Impact X Division title sometime soon. Um, maybe get into a program with Ace Austin, you know, the guy that he just pinned. Um, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ace Austin. He pinned Ace Austin. He got the victory. Fun match. Really, really fun match. I mean, it's obviously something that you expect from the X Division. There's nothing short of a great match. The match was high-flying, hard-hitting. Very, very fun and fast. Something that got the crowd hyped for what we were about to witness after this matchup, which was the women's or knockouts ultimate X match. First ever women's ultimate X match. But going back to the X Division matchup and the kickoff show, great match. I personally wanted Ace Austin to come up with the victory, but the moment. The moment that Mike Bailey was introduced as the fourth man with Jake something being taken out of the equation, I knew that Mike Bailey was not going to lose his debut match, and he didn't. He, 
he, he defeated the person that I wanted to win. Do I think that pinning Ace Austin was the right choice to the person to pin? Absolutely not. I feel like Laredo Kid would have been a better option. Um, but that's that. Can't complain about it. Great match. Great opening. Now we go over to the main show. We kick off the main show with the Knockouts Ultimate X match. That includes Rosemary, Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Alicia, or, or Alicia, <laughs> however you want to call her, um, Tasha Steeles, and Lady Frost. This match was a very good match. I know it might have seemed a little... I, I, for me personally, the the match seemed very short. A lot shorter than I anticipated it to be. It was about at least 14, 13 minutes taking out the entrances. Which, you know, in theory is a pretty lengthy match. But on a pay-per-view and a very big stipulation for the first ever Ultimate X match that the knockouts have been, you know, portrayed in. I believe it was given a little bit of a short time. Uh, maybe if it went about five more minutes, the match would have been absolutely brilliant because, you know, what we saw in the match was fantastic. Standouts of this match were definitely, in my opinion, were Chelsea Green 100%. She, she did some crazy shit in this matchup. Alicia, who kind of had the crowd, she really did have the crowd behind her. And I was pleasantly surprised about that considering you know me not being a huge fan of her i didn't know she had that type of fan base out there you know me personally i think that alicia edwards does best when she's with eddie edwards not as a singles wrestler i think she's a very good addition to an eddie edwards feud but i do understand that she's a professional wrestler herself and would like you know some some sort of that spotlight to be lit on her she just doesn't do it for me, but apparently the crowd really got into her chanting, you know, she's hardcore, she's hardcore, which was, you know, really fun when she, when she brought out, uh, I believe her kendo stick name is, is Kendra, and, and uh, Eddie's is Kenny, so that, that's kind of cool. Um, so, here's where the match kind of got a little bit iffy to me, and that was the winner. I'm not a fan of Tasha Steeles walking out as the winner of the Ultimate X match. I believe that she would have been my last resort to win it. She was definitely the last person that I expected to win it. I had Lady Frost and Alicia over Tasha Steeles in winning the matchup. My choice was obviously Rosemary. I believe that Rosemary 100% deserved this victory. She's a veteran in Impact Wrestling, has done everything in her power to get the knockouts division and sort of revitalize it after a very lackluster early and mid-2010s. Definitely brought the knockouts division back to life. Had hell of a run with, with, the, with the knockouts championship on multiple occasions. I believe if you wanted to do an Ultimate X match and have a memorable winner, that Rosemary would have been that person. Or or Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace too. She would have been perfectly fine. But Tasha Steeles. Not necessarily the right person. The first person that comes to mind when I think Ultimate X. But she now has a future 
knockouts championship opportunity and I can't I, I can't knock it I can't knock it man you got to respect it because you know she put in a lot of work a lot of effort I'm, I'm not gonna bash somebody for their work I mean I, I think Tasha Steeles is a very good wrestler she's just not all that entertaining to me but regardless congratulations to her she definitely you know stood out in that matchup especially towards the end when she was fighting with with Chelsea Green on the top of that at, on, on the ropes, which was, I've, I really thought Chelsea Green had it, but I, I, I guess she didn't. Next matchup on this card, give me a second, let me make sure I have it correct. Yeah, so it was uh, Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin for the X Division Championship. This match was built to literal perfection, one of the best matches of the card Trey Miguel works so good in a David versus Goliath match he works so damn good against an opponent that's completely different has a completely different style than him and Steve Macklin on the other hand the guy he's a fucking machine he is a beast he is one of the most toughest wrestlers that I have watched in impact wrestling in quite some time I believe that give it a couple of months, he'll be in the world championship scene, because the guy is just that damn good. He, 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 he can cut a promo, he can wrestle, he can really do anything that you want him to do inside of that ring. If you want to have a fight, you're going to have a fight. If you want to have a bra, you're going to have a bra. If you want to have a high-flying, 450 fucking frog splash type of match, he's going to give you that. And he gave Trey Miguel all of that into one match which gave us a very back and forth, very fun, high-flying, hard-hitting matchup that Trey Miguel walked out the victor of. And I know some people are going to say maybe this was the moment for Steve Macklin to get the title. Me personally, I always knew Trey Miguel was going to be walking out that winner. He is way too over with the Impact audience to take the title off of him right now he's worked so hard to get to the position that he is in right now you know from working his way up in the tag team scene to rarely ever getting tag team title opportunities to getting broken away from his teammates who went to the WWE took a couple month break came back sort of had to revitalize himself stayed in the mid card for about all of 2020 had a breakout 2021 now you're coming back to what seems to him resurging and sort of picking his career up and just skyrocketing to the top. I believe Trey Miguel is one of the most charismatic high flyers in wrestling today. I think he is quite possibly one of the best acts in Impact right now, or at least in the X Division. And him coming out with the victory just made perfect sense to me. Steve Macklin, on the other hand, he is... Like I said, he is a beast. He is a monster. Without a doubt, one of the hardest hitting guys on that Impact roster. I, I can 100% see him challenging for the world title at maybe a second tier pay-per-view. Sort of something like a, like a turning point, some, something like that. I could definitely see him being a challenger at, at one of those type of pay-per-views. Not, not maybe necessarily like, like a Rebellion pay-per-view, but... You know, I, I can 100% see him becoming a, a very viable challenger for the world heavyweight title. 
and I believe that's the direction they're going to go for. Maybe not. Uh, maybe he's going to stick around in the X Division, sort of be the Samoa Joe of this, of this era, which, again, would work perfectly fine to, to, to me because Steve Macklin, he just has that, that ability to, to work anything that he's put into. And I'm so glad that he's getting the exposure that he 100% deserves and should have got while he was signed with the WWE. The next matchup on this card tonight was Jonathan Gresham versus Chris Sabin for the Ring of Honor World's Championship. This right here was a was a modern day masterpiece. I'm telling you, when I say almost every single match on this card was a perfect match, I meant it. This was probably my most anticipated second or third most anticipated matchup of this entire pay-per-view. Probably one of the most anticipated matches of this year to this to, so far. And it definitely delivered. 100% delivered. Jonathan Gresham proves to be the best technical wrestler on this planet today. The World Championship match took place under pure rules, which I thought was a beautiful addition because Jonathan Gresham works so well under the, the, the pure rules banner. And Chris Saban, him being in that matchup, him, being, him having those, those Ring of Honor roots definitely gave ROH you know legitimacy and not just their company but outside of professional wrestling itself i know you know ring of honor has had guys like Samoa joe cm punk you know guys like uh that's come up there like el generico kevin steen tyler black these guys but you know you look at, look at the newer generation of, of ring of honor talent Guys like Jonathan Gresham, guys like Jay Lethal, guys like Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, guys like that. This is sort of their moment to now say that we are next in line. We're the next ones. We're going to be the next CM Punks and Samoa Joes. We're going to be the next Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's. This is our moment. And Jonathan Gresham did exactly that tonight on this pay-per-view probably getting the most exposure I believe of his career up up to this point you know impact wrestling it's it's a very large company when you when you see professional wrestling it might not be the biggest draw but it's definitely the third largest promotion in the United States that's without a doubt you can't argue that now Ian Riccoboni was on commentary which I thought was a perfect addition, you know, keeping the honor thing alive, having him commentate on these matches while, you know, Jonathan Gresham is defending in, you know, GCW or defending in his terminus promotion. Having Ian Riccoboni be the voice of Ring of Honor is just perfect because, you know, even though ROH is not operating at the moment, their legacy and if they do not come back which i highly hope that they do if they do not come back their legacy is going to impact impact because what we saw tonight on this show later on is just a little hint of what we're going to see in the future of ring of honors and and i am 
absolutely. And when I say absolutely, I mean I am absolutely excited. I cannot wait. I hope we get answers on this Thursday's edition of Impact. Because what I'm going to tell you guys later on in this podcast is something that I didn't imagine had to happen. You know, maybe like one person I would have expected. But all these people, this is what dreams are made of. This is what I, I, I live for to be a professional wrestling fan. These are the things that I want to see and the things that I thrive off of. And I cannot wait to get to that. But Jonathan Gresham, he does retain the ROH World Championship in a fantastic stellar matchup against Chris Saban. Beautiful match, beautiful moment. Jonathan Gresham, like I said, one of the best wrestlers in the world, the best technician in the world. Next up after this, one of my favorite matches of the night. Josh Alexander versus Jonah in what was a very just ground and pound beat the shit out of you each other type of match. These guys, they they went all out. I mean, Josh Alexander was jumping from the ring into the crowd. I mean, you had Jonah doing moonsaults off the top rope. These guys were legitimately trying to kill each other. Both of them were busted open. I mean, this matchup was wrestling done right. This was a blood feud done right. And I cannot wait to see what they do with Jonah and Josh Alexander after this matchup. Josh Alexander got the victory, in which I'm very happy for. It kind of puts him back into contention for the world championship. And I I really do hope that he does get that world championship match at Rebellion. He wins the title at Rebellion, hopefully. I mean, I have my fingers crossed for this because, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's, this whole rivalry with Jonah, it could kind of just be pointless. But... You know, Jonah, on the other hand, people thought him losing his his first his first pay-per-view matchup in Impact Wrestling was a bad decision. Now, you got to look at it from Impact's, you know, point of view is that you have Josh Alexander, somebody that you have built up for literally two years, who is now finally on the grips of becoming that 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 sensation that you've built him up to be i believe that impact did the right decision by having josh alexander go over here jonah's not even a, a contracted superstar technically to ring to a, not ring of honor but to impact wrestling uh he's there i believe until rebellion he said so after rebellion you know he he can go somewhere else so i mean it's not like it's it's hurting jonah and impact wrestling himself i mean would it have been nice to see a feud like this continue in which do i think it's going to continue not necessarily would i be mad if it did i would not be mad if it did i would want to see something like a like a lethal lockdown matchup if it were to continue but jonah losing his pay-per-view debut i believe is not a bad call whatsoever especially if you watch the impact product you know that this whole redemption arc for josh alexander is in full effect and i hope that they capitalize off of it this time because josh deserves the world title he deserves everything i mean he is without a doubt top three 
technical wrestlers on the planet. You know, you have the guys like like Jonathan Gresham at the top. Josh Alexander is right underneath of Jonathan Gresham. That's how highly I praise what Impact and what Josh Alexander has done. Because the amount of enjoyment, the amount of you know anticipation I see when I go in to watch a Josh Alexander matchup, it's just uncanny. Next up on this card, we had quite possibly one of the most... This this match could have went very bad. It could have became a clusterfuck of just ten guys doing whatever. But they turned this match into what I think was one of the shock best matches of the night. Team Heath versus Team Good Brothers. The 10-man hardcore war. That right there was genuinely one of the most craziest matches that I have seen in a couple of months, I would say. I know, you know, months might sound like a little bit of time, but dude, these guys tore the house down. It's definitely not something that Impact has done since, you know, probably about a year you know, this th- this was up to the standards of, okay, this is some hardcore shit. I mean, obviously you have hardcore in the name. Obviously it has war in the name. But what they did and what they implicated it to be, I mean, look, look at these rules. The hardcore war rules. Two men start alone for three minutes. Every 90 seconds a new man enters from the alternating teams. The match cannot end until the final man has entered. After all eight men have entered the match, the match is won by pinfall or submissions. There is no disqualifications. Having a matchup like this and having somebody like, you know, Heath, Rhino, and Eddie Edwards lead a charge and somebody like Eric Young, Joe Doring to lead the charge on the other side... This match is bound to be an insane match. We saw table spots. We saw pile drives through tables. Bodies go through barbed wire. People getting hit with candlesticks lit and on fire. I mean, everything on this match, you would see somebody would, would probably call it a, 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 a cuck fuck type of match. I mean, I don't know how else you know some of these people would put it to be. But to me, was was a very refreshing type of match when it came to this pay-per-view. Because this pay-per-view up to this point was just very good match after very good match. Then you get to this match where it's kind of like, alright, get your adrenaline pumping because we're about to go full swing with these final two matches. Who came out with the victory? Team Babyfaces, Team Heath, Heath Slater, Rhino, Eddie Edwards... Rich Swan, who got killed, <laughs> literally went through barbed wire. Dude was screaming so loud. Like, those screams that Rich Swan were, what, what, was screaming, those were legit screams. And you could feel it. And Willie Mack. This match just blew the roof off of the house, man. And what happened afterwards is what really made this match memorable as fuck Heath Rhino 
They're celebrating in the ring. They got the big victory. They're getting ready to leave the ring. They're getting ready to go out there and celebrate. They're done celebrating. They're going to the back. What happens next? Mike Bennett. Matt Taven. Vincent. PCO. And Maria Kanellis enters the impact zone and absolutely obliterates everybody that was in that match. PCO do, doing dives from the top rope onto guys into the corner of the ring. You have Matt Taven just beating the shit out of people on the ground. Picking up the Impact World Championship. Saying that they are going to win it. The OGK is here for the tag titles. PCO is in Impact Wrestling. Matt Taven is in Impact Wrestling. Mike Bennett is back in Impact Wrestling. Vincent is there as well. One of the most underrated workers in the world. All five of these guys, including Maria Kanellis, are in Impact. We are having an invasion angle. This is what it is. It's an invasion angle because right after what happened out there, we cut backstage, Scott Damore... He said he has no idea what the hell happened. That he's going to be making some phone calls to Baltimore. That is where Ring of Honor produces their shows. That's where Ring of Honor headquarters is basically at Maryland. And oh my god am I excited. I'm so excited. We saw we saw Ian Riccoboni, Jonathan Gresham. Okay. We saw... The voice of Ring of Honor. The voice of Ring of Honor. Commentate on this show tonight. We saw PCO, like I said. Vincent. Matt Taven. Mike Bennett. Maria Kanellis. Jonathan Gresham. Later on in the night, you're going to see Roxy. It is just a holy shit type of thing because Impact Wrestling is getting invaded by Ring of Honor and if this is how Ring of Honor keeps their legacy going if this is how they keep their name in the news until they come back they are absolutely the smartest human beings to ever walk professional wrestling this is going to generate a lot of buzz Okay, this this can might this might very well be an invasion angle done to perfection. Because what we saw tonight might have genuinely been my favorite moment of 2022 when the year has just started. This this right here sweeps everything we saw in 2021. What makes you think it's going to not sweep anything that we see in the future of this year? I mean, literally all four, all five of these people that debuted in Impact tonight are the sole reasons why I fucking love ROH. Matt Taven, I think he's one of the greatest Ring of Honor wrestlers of all time. Vincent, I think he's one of the most underrated workers in the world right now. PCO, the guy is a legend. Mike Bennett, I've loved that guy ever since he was in Ring of Honor back in 2011. Like, this this is a perfect mixture of, you know, just two companies going to war. It has been about 
20 years, 21 years. 21 years since the 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 invasion angle in the WWF. 21 years later, we are getting Impact Wrestling versus Ring of Honor. And what a time to be alive. Right after this match, right after that whole entire debacle, we we got the world championship match. Like this show does not slow down at all. You have one insane match, an insane moment to another insane match, an insane moment. This match was nothing short of an awesome match. Every single match on this card was phenomenal. Matt Cardona, I genuinely believe that he could have won the world title. No joke. I actually thought at some point in that match he was going to win the Impact World Championship. Same as W. Morrissey. I thought we were seeing a new champion. Two referees got knocked out. Chelsea Green did a freaking crossbody off the top of the stage onto Moose. We had a table spot. We had Matt Cardona hit Radio Silence so many times. We had, you know, some of the most just barbaric and most insane dude. This show killed my brain. Just with the amount of energy and excitement that it gave me. It's just really nice seeing a show that really feels like it cares about it, its fans. It's just that damn good. Moose defended his title against Matt Cardona and W. Morris. He picked up the victory, as expected. What's going to happen next with Moose? Is, is the big question here. Are we going to get Josh Alexander back into the title scene? Get that grudge match that I, I, I'm sure Josh Alexander wants to have. Are we going to get it at Rebellion? Who's going to challenge Moose on these upcoming mini pay-per-views? What's going to happen leading up to Rebellion? What's going to happen with Ring of Honor invading? Are we going to see more Ring of Honor stars? It is such a crazy time to be a fan of Impact. And I'm so excited that I watched this show live. Because what an experience it was. Honest to you, this was probably one of the most fun that I've had watching a pay-per-view since about Slammiversary of 2020. No joke to you. This sweeps out WrestleMania. This sweeps out Crown Jewel for me. Personally, I think this is one of the best pay-per-views that I've watched in half of my lifetime. And I know I am setting a lot of people up for disappointment here when I say that, but this is just my opinion. It's just my opinion. And what happened on this show really made me realize why I'm a wrestling fan today. And it's nice. It, it's really, really nice. The World Championship match, it kind of felt like an afterthought. And, you know, for me personally, I'm not a fan of, you know, the world title getting sort of treated like that. They didn't main event. And, you know, for it being a world title, you kind of would expect it to main event. But what we got in the main event was a million times better. Maybe a million and a half times better. One of the best hardcore women's matches we have ever seen in history of women's wrestling. I'm going to be dead ass honest with you. I think that this is one of the best women's matches that I have ever seen in my lifetime. 
once again might be setting some people up for disappointment but it's just all my opinion maybe I'm having a little bit of recency bias which if I am I don't blame myself because this show just happened about an hour ago and you know I'm sitting here talking about it right now just absolutely mind blown still so Moose retained his title we move on to the main event which was the Impact Knockouts World Championship Texas Deathmatch we haven't seen a Texas Deathmatch in Impact Wrestling I believe since about 2005 I could be wrong but man was this match insane pile drivers through tables once again people getting beat the hell out of we had a bloody war these these women were taking thumbtack spots chairs to the head we we were genuinely trying to kill each other here at one point in the matchup Diana Perazzo and Mickey James have had a hell of a rivalry dating back to bound for glory all the way to now they have made a four and a half month stretch of, of storytelling work they made it work and I praise impact and I praise these two women for genuinely putting on a story that is that that is worthy of a main event spot on a pay-per-view you see the knockouts division and how it panned out over the last couple of years you had the really really big boom back in 2007 Awesome Kong, Gail Kim. A couple of years later, it started to really die down. You still have legends in there like, you know, Victoria. You have people in there like Taryn Terrell. Guys that, women that made, you know, it stand out. But then you had matches like Jenna Marasco versus Charmel. You go from that to... 10, 12 years later, and now you're main eventing. I believe this is the first knockouts main event in a pay-per-view. The first knockouts main event of a pay-per-view, if you don't include Tessa Blanchard stuff. This match was history-making in so many ways. History-making to the point to where women competing in a Texas death match. Women main eventing an impact pay-per-view. Okay, these women did everything in their power to make this battle memorable. Now, who came out as the winner? It's not the winner that I would have chosen. Of course, you know, for me personally, I would I, I would have chosen for Deanna Perrazzo to come out with the victory, become a three-time knockouts champion, really cement herself as one of the best in Impact, even though I believe she is the best in impact when it comes to women's wrestling. Mickey James defeated Deanna Perrazzo after hitting the Mick DDT, the, the Mickey DDT, whatever you want to call it. The Mick DT? I don't know. Whatever you want to call her, her finishing move. Got it. Got the pinfall. Got the 10 count. What a. What a. Just what a match, man. These women brutalize themselves. These they 
just did so much harm to their bodies for the enjoyment of us fans. And this is why I love professional wrestling. This is why pro wrestling will always be at the top of my entertainment scale. I am going to be 18 years old in April. In about 15 of those years, I have been watching, admiring, and loving pro wrestling for so long. Tonight really got me very, very excited for the year 2022. If all goes well, if COVID doesn't stop anything like it did previously in, in previous years, I believe we are in for a historic 2022. And all this is not even including that Mickey James is going to be bringing the Impact Knockouts Championship to the WWE. What does this mean? WWE and Impact Wrestling, Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor, WWE Impact and Ring of Honor. The world may never know. But we're going to see some, some, some crazy shit happen. Crazy, crazy shit happen. And I cannot wait for every single moment of it. And I will be here to cover every single moment of it for you guys and for myself. But ladies and gentlemen, that was Ring of... Not Ring of Honor. I keep saying Ring of Honor because I'm so hyped about Ring of Honor. You know, finally getting their... their feet into other promotions after this whole for forbidden door happening with with AEW Impact. Finally ROH is getting that forbidden door treatment and I cannot wait. I love it. But this has been the Impact Wrestling's hard to kill review. What do I give the show a rating? I give the show a rating a 10 out of 10. 10s all across the board. The show was phenomenal, the matches were phenomenal, the moments were unforgettable, and the future is looking very bright. And that is everything you need in a pay-per-view to make it a 10 out of 10. So without any further ado, thank you guys for watching, listening, wherever you guys are doing right now, and I hope to see you guys in the next one. Make sure to leave a like, subscribe to the podcast. Share it to your friends, your family, your mothers, your daughters, your dads, your sisters, your brothers. Whoever you got, make sure to give it a five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you guys did enjoy it. And I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy, everybody.